Hollow Insiders and a very pleasant good afternoon to you wherever you may be. This is your host, Bruce Ash, broadcasting live one last time for the summer along with Eb Wilkinson. From the third level of my underground bunker located in Coronado, California, where the men are strong, the women are good looking, and their parents <clears throat> are absolutely convinced these kids are way above average, welcoming you to a special action-packed Russia Shona 5783 edition of Inside Track. Eb is in the studio along with producer Tom. I will finally return to the studio next week. Eb? Hey, Bruce and I want to remind you, please, to support our great sponsors. We've got Tucson Iron and Metal Retail. Their scrap could become your new fence. If an upcoming home improvement project includes any steel products, you really need to visit this place with Jamie and Craig at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail. Also, Essential Pest Control. You can depend on Eric Rudin's crew from bugs to weeds and vermin too. Corazon Cabinets, cabinets you will love at a price you can really afford. Joy and Allie are doing some really interesting projects for people getting ready for the holidays. Yeah, they're right around the corner. Granny flats and even some cool things for Airbnb owners. Call Corazon Monday to get started on your next project. Bruce? Also supporting Inside Track is the aforementioned Eb Wilkinson from Wilkinson Wealth Management. Tired of lame financial advice? Eb is committed to help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Our friend Eb makes a difference for each of his clients, even in challenging times like these. Gosh, we lost another 483 points yesterday. Let him help you. You won't make the you won't make a wrong decision listening to Eb. All of our sponsors are locally owned, family-run businesses you can depend upon. Eb and I do, so should you. We welcome your calls today on the Tucson Iron and Metal Retail Live Line at 520-790-2040. I got that one right. Is yes, you did. And if you have a complaint, call the complaint line at 795-2040. Hey, we've got another great show for you today. Joining us immediately uh, is Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate from Arizona, Blake Masters. Later in the show, our old friend Phil Kirpin joins us from the American Commitment to discuss how Joe Biden has gone crazy on executive orders. Bruce. Um, just a couple of things. Uh, I'm not sure, Tom, if we got Blake on the line yet. Not yet. Okay, well, he'll be calling in just uh, in the next minute or so. I thought it was so interesting, Eb, uh, to read in the paper and now hearing all across whether it was on CBS national news or the bbc abc news everybody's buzzing around about the pima county superior court judge uh, who ruled on this um 1864 territorial arizona law regarding abortion um you know what everybody seems to forget because they want to make um a big deal out of this to promote abortion is that there is a a law that was passed by the legislature. It was signed by the governor. It takes effect, I believe, on the 25th or 6th. And um, it it allows abortion up to 15 weeks. And I'm not sure what the big deal is. Uh, but um, on the CBS News, which you just heard, they made a whole big deal that, uh, you know, somebody who uh, had a miscarriage uh, their doctor might be prosecuted for murder. You know, there's no end to the um, lies, miscommunication and the uh, obfuscation of the left and their allies in the media. Yeah, I, I would call that lies. 
And, you know, realistically, Bruce, that only affects 2% of the female population. We have Blake Masters with us right now. Blake, how are you? Doing great. How are you? Good. Bruce. All right. Well, joining us for the next several minutes is advertised Republican nominee for U.S. Senate. <clears throat> Blake Masters joins us. Let's get right to it. Welcome, Blake. Thank you, Bruce. Great to rejoin you again. Yeah. We've been listening to Arizona voters, or you've been listening to Arizona voters, me too, but you've been really listening to Arizona voters over the past several months, and they've told you uh, what their most important issues are, the border, inflation, and crime. So let's focus first on inflation. Uh, obviously, this is a major problem in America and in many other countries, which had its roots in the bad policies of Joe Biden and the Democrats in Congress. This past week, the Fed announced another 75 bips uh, rate rise uh, to slow down inflation, uh, which is likely to create another problem, a recession, with groceries up by 13.5% and gas still up about 50% from January 21. And on the rise again now, Will taking back the Senate and House reduce inflation and not necessarily induce more pain created by the recession that Joe seems to be uh, intent uh, to uh, create? Well, that's right. We have to take back the House and the Senate because first you stop the bleeding, right? And to fix inflation, we have to understand where it came from. You know, I'm tired of people talking about inflation as if it's this grand mystery. It's not an act of God. It's not a hurricane. It didn't come from nowhere. You said it. It came from Joe Biden's policies. You know, this was a policy choice. The first thing they did was they declared war on American energy production. You know, what they think was going to happen to the price of energy when you declare war on fossil fuels in a country that's mostly powered by fossil fuels. They took the price of gasoline from $2 to $5. You know, now they want a metal because it came down 50 cents because Biden's selling oil from our strategic reserve. So they made energy expensive. That makes everything more expensive because everything takes energy to produce or to move. But then that wasn't enough. Then they printed $6 trillion in like 18 months. And obviously when the government printing press just runs with reckless abandon, they print dollars and it makes the dollars in your wallet and my wallet uh, less and less valuable, sends prices to the moon. So the first thing to do, I know it's kind of an old talking point, but is to take back Congress and just stop this reckless spending and this horrible energy policy. And, you know, it does seem to me, before I turn you over to Ab in just a second, uh, Blake, it does seem to me this is the Congress that has not been able to pass a regular budget in years and years, yet they are off on these bizarre tangents, whether it be uh, the uh, skinnied up uh, Green New Deal or whether it was the student uh, bailout, which actually wasn't a congressional uh, bill that got passed because it never would pass, uh, but, a, but an executive order. I mean, these things are all on top of the budget that they're supposed to uh, create, but they don't. Well, that's right. And I'm tired of just these continuing funding resolutions, right? Congress is supposed to debate and pass a budget. And I'll insist on that when I'm in there. You know, one senator actually has quite a lot of power uh, if, if he wants to dig his heels in. Um, but you're right. This reckless spending, I think the student loan bailout is on track to cost one trillion dollars. You know, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which is so Orwellian, right? Anytime the Democrats call it that, you know, it's just going to do the opposite. It's a tax and spend bill. It's going to increase inflation. That's going to spend another seven hundred billion dollars. Thank goodness Senator Cinema and Senator Manchin stood up and said no to the Build Back Better program. That bill was going to cost three trillion dollars. Um, these Democrats, man, if we let them have power, they're just going to tax and spend us into oblivion. 
And that's on top of all the money that they've already spent. And what they fail to understand is it's not their money. The government has no money. The only money they get is from us, and that's through taxes. And the problem is the Democrats run the budget for the U.S. like they run the budget in their own personal lives. They don't care. They just spend whatever they want to. They don't care how much debt they get into. They don't care how often they uh, fail to pay their income taxes. They just don't care. But with that, um, the other issue that I'm seeing right now, Blake, is our border in Arizona is a mess. Arizona is a nation, or America is a nation of immigrants, especially Arizona, and legal immigration has made us a strong country. And there's no one questioning that. But illegal immigration is hurting us with lawlessness and a breakdown of law and order. And your opponent, I can't remember his name, the astronaut, uh, oh, Buzz Lightyear, uh, your opponent voted to confirm Sen uh, Secretary Mayorkas at Homeland Security. He voted to confirm Chris Magnus at Customs and Border Patrol. The negligence of both of them is palpable. He said practically nothing to question Joe Biden or his border sarina Kamala Harris, uh, disregarded for the lawlessness and chaos on the border. Your opponent ignores our problems at the border all the time. He's barely said a word about the illegals being transported all across the country until they hit Martha's Vineyard, and then it's a crisis. We ought to just have Martha's Vineyard run our border patrol, and then they're gone in 48 hours. But how crazy is it that he's missing an action on the border crisis? I find it completely unforgivable. You know, and you mentioned Mayorkas. I think Mayorkas should be impeached. You know, he, he swore an oath to, to defend the laws of the United States, to faithfully defend and execute them to the Constitution. And he's not even trying to do his job. He's not trying to enforce federal law at the border. Joe Biden is not trying to enforce federal law at the border. And it just it, it boils my blood that Mark Kelly, our Democrat senator here in Arizona, my opponent, he hasn't lifted a finger to try to get border security. He'll hem and haw about it all of a sudden. It's election time, right? So he's up with his multi-million dollar advertising campaigns. He's pretending to care about border security, but I just have to remind people, Mark Kelly had the power to stop this border crisis. Imagine the power that one senator has in a deadlocked Senate. Joe Biden needed Mark Kelly's vote for absolutely every piece of his agenda. And if Mark Kelly had decided to dig in, if Mark Kelly called Biden a year ago and said, Mr. President, I'll vote for your agenda, but not until we get some border security. I will withhold my vote from every piece of funding, from every uh, appointee, every nominee, unless and until we finish the border wall and double the size of Border Patrol and re-implement Remain in Mexico, right? It's not complicated. We know how to secure the border. But Mark Kelly didn't do that. And so what are we to infer from that? He obviously likes the way it's going right now. He likes the open border. Uh, over 300,000 illegals come over every single month. The crime rate in Phoenix is skyrocketing. Crime in Tucson is skyrocketing. Fentanyl flowing in via China through Mexico, and it's killing our kids. And Mark Kelly's not doing a darn thing to stop it. I find that completely unforgivable. Uh, and that is just one reason why we need to make a change in November. Yeah, you're speaking of fentanyl. Um, I was talking with Border Patrol last week, and a couple of weeks ago, they pulled over a motorhome coming through the Lukeville station with the entire ceiling filled with fentanyl. It's about $14 million worth, enough fentanyl to kill like 45 million Americans or something like that. And the amount of Americans dying every year from this communist, you know, the, the China-supplied poison is the equivalent of 
two 737s crashing every single day. Over 100,000 deaths last year alone. And this problem is brought on by the lax border enforcement, ignored by your opponent. And it might even be more dangerous than the millions of illegals he's allowed to enter the country. And your opponent, if you and the other Republicans are successful in the upcoming election, what plans do you have to protect America against drugs being pumped in? Well, I'm going to not vote for anything that Biden wants, literally nothing. I will obstruct his entire agenda unless and until we get some border security. Right? We have to play hardball. We have to be willing. You know, the government, the left is always doing this to us. They say, here, Republicans, sign this horribly compromised piece of pork-laden legislation. And if you don't, well, we're going to shut the government down and blame you. Yeah, you've got to You're sign the bill to find out what's in the bill. Right? We're not doing that anymore. We'll, uh, we'll flip the tables. And it's like, Biden, your agenda will come to a halt. We're not doing a single thing unless and until we get border security. And it's going to be tough in 2023 and 2024. Right? And this is why I always say 2022 and 2024, they go together. Right? We need the White House back. But the first thing to do is to get a Republican-controlled Congress, stop this madness, stop the bleeding. We'll use those two years to go on offense and prepare for that glorious moment where uh, God willing, we get a strong Republican president back in the White House, January 2025. Then we can go full speed on the uh, the America First agenda. Bruce, yeah, Eb, excuse me, Blake. I'm glad you just mentioned that word, America First, because people people want to focus that you're Trump endorsed. But I guess the most important thing is you believe in the America First policies that the president um, uh, performed during his uh, time in the White House and the successes that that he had with it. That really is the key here. I mean, you are an America First candidate, which which means to me anyway, uh, I'm a voter just like everybody else, which means to me that you want to put America's interests first. And, and I think that is something that Mark Kelly is not doing. Uh, there's a fellow here in Tucson uh, who wrote a column recently in the Arizona Daily Independent uh, bemoaning the lack of gravitas that your opponent um, has. Um, you know, he, he said that uh, um, uh, Mr. Kelly could be a badass if he wanted to. You know, he comes from a family of astronauts. He's a you know, former naval aviator. Uh, but when he got into office, Blake, He's done nothing. I mean, he, he, he is non-communicative. You hardly hear a peep from him on the floor. You hardly hear a peep from him. Uh, he, to the best of my knowledge, you have had no debate so far. Has he agreed to anything in the future uh, that is at any relevant date at all? We do have one debate, October 6th. Um, we had to invite him to four debates just to coax him into agreeing to one. He waited until the last possible minute, but hey, I am grateful that he accepted that debate. We'll see if he keeps the appointment. I'm going to put him on the ropes. His record is indefensible. You're right, he's disappeared. You know, in his prior careers as a, as a fighter pilot, an astronaut, I think he showed great physical courage. But in the Senate, he's shown no moral courage. He hasn't no. stood up for the people of Arizona once. He just takes direction from Chuck Schumer, and that's why he votes in lockstep for Biden's failed agenda. So this job just does not suit him. And when someone's not doing a good job, you know, maybe he's a nice guy. You wish him well. Uh, but it's time to make a change and get me in there because I will put Arizonans and Americans first. Hey, uh, Bruce, we've got a caller. Lori. Go ahead, Lori. Hello. Uh, I have a question for Mr. Masters. Uh, Fire away. Let me, preface, let me preface this by saying lifelong Republican. Yes. Um, I, I 
I am very much torn whether I should vote for you or just sit this one out. And from some of the snippets that I've seen from when you have made uh, statements um, about women not being in a dangerous job, and I want to know where you stand on that. And did you really say that in a public venue? I work for the Tucson Police Department. I put on a ballistic vest every day. I'm driving in a marked unit. Lori, thanks for your thanks for your question, your call, Blake. Uh, do you have an answer for Lori? Yeah, absolutely. And Lori, thank you for your service. Now, look, what the Democrats do here is they take everything out of context. They have multi-million-dollar uh, ad budgets, and they just try to villainize me on TV. I'm up against the whole national Democrat machine, and so they'll take two seconds of audio and try to try to spin things. So all I said was the gender pay gap is a myth. The gender pay gap is a myth. Women police officers like yourself, God bless you. You know, you get paid just as much as the male police officers. Please tell me if that's not correct. The issue is uh, dangerous jobs like being a police officer tend to pay more than less dangerous jobs, such as being a teacher. And so if you look, male police officers get the same amount as female police officers. Male teachers make the same amount of female teachers when you adjust for all the variables. Now, there are more male police officers and more female teachers. So if you average everything together... The Democrats, they can find a way to twist the statistics to suggest this giant gender pay gap. And all I said when asked about the question was, no, that doesn't exist. If you control for all these variables, uh, I think people in dangerous professions, and there's plenty of women doing it, I conceded that. I said that clearly. The Democrats just don't show you that context, and that's why their fundamental uh, approach here is so dishonest. Mark Kelly has to lie about me. He has to contort my words to even have a chance of winning. And it's all a distraction from his open borders, pro-inflation failure. Uh, of supporting Joe Biden's agenda. So thank you. Thanks for your, thanks for your call, Larry. Great, great answer, Blake. Uh, Blake, before we let you get back to the campaign, crime is up significantly in Arizona and all over the nation. Democrat county attorneys across the country, and even here in Arizona, supported by George Soros, are soft on crime. We've witnessed smash and grabs, not only at Lux jewelry stores, but even at local fries or CVS pharmacies. Here in Tucson, criminals brandishing not just guns, but machetes in commission of crimes. People of color living in even more dangerous neighborhoods are being victimized by gang crime. What is the solution you and a Republican Senate would propose to protect innocence and, and businesses? And by the way, uh, a, a no vote, you know, a no vote at all, Lori and anybody else listening, is a vote for Mark Kelly. So, Blake, when you're elected, how will you move? to protect our communities against crime. Well, we're not going to tolerate crime anymore. This is just an issue of political will. We know how to crack down on crime. It's called you support your police, right? You support Lori and her colleagues who put their lives on the line every single day. You back the blue. We get the police all the resources they need. And we also need to prosecute criminals, right? We need more police right on, on the streets. We need all the resources. But once people are arrested, they need to be prosecuted. I'm tired of these left-wing county attorneys, district attorneys, uh, very often funded by George Soros. They get in office and they don't want to fund or they don't want to lock anybody up. We have this problem here in Pima County. I talked to Tucson police officers and they're just sick of arresting the same people for the same fairly serious crimes uh, every couple of weeks, sometimes at the same exact street corner, because these people do a little time in the jail and then the county attorney just lets them out. And I'm just so sick of that. We have to not lose the will as a society to slap the handcuffs on people who do bad things. Lock them up, prosecute them, clean up the streets. That's the most you know, Blake, important thing. You don't have anything if you don't have public safety. 
You know, Blake, the other day we saw a man in North Dakota um, uh, smash into a young a Republican a man, uh, killed him with his car because he was a conservative and he didn't agree with him. And the uh, state's attorney in Glenfield County, North Dakota, released him on $50,000 bail, which means all he had to put up was $5,000 for a heinous, not just physical murder, but a political crime as well. That, that's, that's what you're talking about, is soft on crime, you know, no, no qualifications for cash bail and so on, right? Absolutely. And Biden encouraged that. You know, that was basically a political assassination. Biden, with his reckless talk, remember that speech? Looked like something out of V for Vendetta. It was completely Orwellian. He's standing up there with the red uh, skylights and, and the Marines were flanking him, a completely inappropriate use of our military. But Biden said, if you support President Trump, if you're America first, then you're a threat to the republic. You're a threat to democracy itself. You're a uh, I think he said semi-fascist. Right. And, and that is just a call to violence, really. And so I'm sickened, but perhaps not surprised to see some left wing nut job uh, went and acted on it. And now a teenager is dead just for having been Republican. We're going to see a lot more political violence like this if the irresponsible rhetoric from the left doesn't stop. But but we just got to be tough on crime. We just have to. We owe it to our kids and our families to give them safe streets so that people can raise families. Uh, And crime just destroys that. It's just a cancer. Blake Masters, thanks for joining us. Insiders, this election is very close. Democrats and their media allies want us to believe the race is in the bag for Space Boy. Do not believe it. They're trying to suppress your vote. They're trying to suppress turnout. We all need to be driving voters to the polls all the way to Election Day. Early voting starts next week. This man that we just talked with, Blake Uh, Masters is serious about turning the economy around, serious about protecting the border, and serious about reducing Biden's inflation. He deserves our support. He has my support and Eb's support. The only way, and, and Blake said this, I'm glad he mentioned it, the only way we win in 2024 is to win in 2022. Elect Blake Masters, www.blakemasters.com. Send him some green love. And tell your friends he's with us. Blake is Trump endorsed, but it's more important, as we talked about, he is America first and he's going to win this election. Thanks for joining us, Blake. And best of luck. I hope to talk to you again before the election. Absolutely. Thank you both. Talk soon. Thank you. All right. Mr. Producer, let's go to break. You're listening to Inside Track on KVOI, Trusted News and Talk. We'll be right back with Phil Kirpin. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. A lot of the, the cities and the counties around have initiatives for artists. I think we're one of the premier artist suppliers for steel. First Saturday of every month, you can come down early and actually go through the scrapyard across the street. It's seven acres of metal. You can walk through with our people and pick out what you want. It's always interesting to see what the artists have done. We've done uh, actually a couple projects with the U of A engineering department and music department where the engineering music students came down together. They had to pick something out of the scrap and uh, they had to build an instrument. And we have one of those in front of the plant. Some really cool things come out of the scrap. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street, open Monday through Saturday. Instead of an activity where every kid gets a trophy, those who graduate from Wright Flight get to fly a plane. But only if they get good grades, are well-behaved, and pass a written test. I'm Robin Stoddard, an ex-fighter pilot. 
I found the right flight because I knew it could help kids reach new heights in their schools, homes, and communities. Endorsed by educators at every level, nonprofit Right Flight has changed thousands of lives since 1986. Learn more at rightflight.org. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? <sighs> no, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management reminding you that every good and excellent thing stands moment by moment on the razor's edge of danger and must be fought for, including getting out of debt, building your wealth, and protecting your God-given right. We manage money for gun owners. Let us help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Bruce and I are pleased to welcome longtime friend of the show from American Commitment, Phil Kirpin. Hey, we just finished up an interview with Blake Masters. And before we get to your newest pieces, the media keeps promoting polls which say Blake's opponent is miles ahead in the election here in Arizona. They're doing the same thing in many of the other critical Senate areas and congressional elections. Do you believe anything you read anymore about the election polls? No, never. Uh, you know, we we went through, we've gone through this so many cycles in a row. Uh, you know, they they and they, they started in the summer. They say, oh, look, look how the Democrats are gonna have another huge year, and then and then, um, you know, whatever's gonna happen happens. If it, you know, in my opinion, the years where the pollsters quote unquote get it right, it's like an accident. It's a coincidence, because more often than not, uh, you know, they seem to uh, be interested in uh, an agenda, and in particular, uh, demobilizing and dispiriting Republican voters. It seems to be the object of most media polling. Typical gaslighting. Let me share with you this brief snip from one of the few respected pollsters remaining. Analysis with the years-long media and Democrat demonizing of the GOP, especially the Trump-supporting MAGA voters, culminated by Joe Biden's semi-fascist remarks and his dark democracy speech, many conservative Republicans have apparently gone to ground avoiding identification, even from pollsters. This, these submerged MAGA voters will significantly undercount in, are going to be significantly undercounted in polls leading up to the November election and beyond. And it seems to me that voter suppression, yeah, I mean, this is voter suppression, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> almost everything that the media does is designed uh, to promote, you know, one side. And so, you know, I think it is to a certain extent. But, you know, well, look, I don't think that most Republican voters, particularly, you know, the, the kind of the MAGA base, uh, they're going to vote. I don't think they're going to be persuaded by polls. Uh, one of the things we've seen the last few election cycles is the election day vote always exceeds what all of the polls and the models are expecting, and it always comes out heavily Republican. We've seen that now, uh, I think, three or four years in a row. And so I, I expect that will happen again. And it may indeed be the case that, you know, early in mail votes 
come in, you know, more democratic than expected. Uh, and then the question, of course, is, does that get wiped out on Election Day? And, you know, more, more often than not in recent years, that's exactly what's happened. And so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again. We have a very unpopular president. We have a very bad economic conditions. Uh, we have very bad economic conditions. Uh, there's no reason that the electorate in this year, in, in this year's off-year election, wouldn't be pretty Republican. And the other thing is... Uh, this call is now being recorded. Whoa, what was that? Oh, now being recorded. <laughs> that's weird. I don't know. Did you guys hear that? What I did. That? I don't know what that was. Well, I mean, we're not saying anything secret. We're on the radio, so go ahead and record. I don't know who's doing that, but it's pretty weird. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I lost my train of, train of thought. They say, well, who do you think that is? The, the, uh, I mean, the NSA? I mean, what's going on? I don't know. It's hard to tell. Maybe. You know, the old joke uh, in the last 2016 election was Hillary was ahead in the polls until the Republicans got off work. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, 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 thing with the, the thing is, the other thing is a lot of the polls that we're seeing right now, they do a very bad job of identifying who's going to actually vote. And some of them aren't, aren't even trying. I keep seeing polls being published now that say, you know, like, uh, registered voters or even all adults. Um, you know, the, the hardest part of polling is figuring out who's going to actually show up to vote. And uh, that, that's what they tend to get wrong uh, quite a lot. And the other thing, to the point of that quote you were reading, is, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk to pollsters. Or if they do, they might even lie to them. So, you know, my whole thing is, you know, let's see what happens. <laughs> we don't have to wait that long. We'll find out after. Find out soon enough. Bruce. Hey, hey Phil, Bruce here. Um and I just remind our listeners, if you have a question or comment for Phil Kirpin, please call into the Tucson Iron and Metal Live Line at 520-790-2040. Mark, I know we couldn't get to your call in the last segment. Um, and, um, hey, if you want to find out more about Phil, uh, go to his website, which is www.americancommitment.org, or follow him on Twitter at Kirpin. That's K-E-R-P-E-N. So, uh, Phil, you recently wrote... Um, can the president uh, spend an estimated $500 million um, and maybe up to a trillion dollars without approval in Congress? This was on the uh, student loan bailout. Um, this is just an unbelievable thing. I, I, don't, I don't know that anything quite of this magnitude has ever occurred uh, in our government, has it? Uh, you know, we've seen attempts in the past, obviously, things like, uh, you know, the global warming uh, regulations that Obama did through the EPA. So we've seen attempts to do, you know, pretty, pretty substantial government programs without a vote of Congress. But I think this one has got to be the largest in terms of the dollar amounts involved. And it's got to be the most brazen uh, to the extent that it's pretty much blatantly spending money without uh, an appropriation from Congress. It's pretty blatantly trying to usurp the power of the purse uh, from Congress. And of course, you know, because these institutions have all become totally partisan. You got all the Democrats in Congress cheering for it. Oh, yes, take our power away. That's wonderful. Uh, even Nancy Pelosi, who was recently as last year, said the president doesn't have the power to do this. She said, oh, well, no, they do now. They, they discovered a, a legal way to do it. Uh, so, you know, it's got to be up there, sort of on the all-time, uh, you know, abuses of power. Uh, when you consider that the cost uh, to taxpayers are more likely to consumers since it will be paid for through inflation, uh, as, as most government spending has been in recent years. Uh, it's going to be very substantial. And we're talking about a major transfer of wealth uh, 
really sort of in the opposite direction of what the Democrats always say they stand for, because people who have college debt tend to be higher income and better off than people who don't. And so you've got a lot of people who either went to college and paid their debts off or never went to college who are now going to be paying for you know people who uh, went to college and still have debt and didn't pay for it. And so it's, it's an extremely unfair policy. Uh, it's an extremely expensive policy. And, you know, our system of government is very clear. If you want to spend money, Congress has to do it. You can't say, you know, we discovered an almost 20-year-old law, and uh, in a national emergency, the Secretary of Education can discharge student loans, and, oh, hey, COVID's still a national emergency, so we're going to discharge a half trillion to a trillion dollars of loans. That's what this president's attempting to do. And it's being covered, by the way, the media is covering this like, Oh, what a wonderful thing he's doing, what a, this gift he's giving people. Uh, and, and they're not even mentioning the fact, num- the number one, that you know, someone's got to pay for it. And number two, that's almost certainly illegal. And, yeah. it, and, it just hap- and it just happened to have occurred about seven weeks before the midterm elections uh, to attract a voter profile who would have been most... Uh, uh, heavily influenced by this kind of a transfer of wealth. Man, oh man. Eb? Yeah, it's no longer Congress with the power of the purse. It's the power of the perps. You know, you're talking about the uh, loan forgiveness. Uh, Publicly traded loan servicer Nelnet is clear in its most recent SEC filing that a program like Biden's would materially injure the company. And they say legislative and executive action risks exists. If the federal government and the department initiate additional loan forgiveness or cancellation, other repayment options or plans, consolidated loan programs, uh, or further extend the suspension, excuse me, the suspension of borrower payments under the CARES Act, such initiatives could further increase prepayments and reduce uh, interest income and could also reduce servicing fees. So curiously... This company has made no public statement on Biden's announcement indicating that it might sue. In fact, the administration may be counting on servicers being unwilling to risk loan future or uh, risk losing future contracts by challenging this order. And that may be what the Department of Education has set all along with its current servicing contracts to expire at the end of 2023, making them more inclined to absorb the loss from business. Uh, from mass discharge without complaint to stay in the good graces with the administration for future contracts. Your comment? Yeah, I think that uh, their whole strategy on this is, uh, their whole legal strategy is to try to avoid being sued and to try to prevent anyone who actually has legal standing from bringing a lawsuit. And the court's been very hostile historically to taxpayer Standing, so they're unlikely to let a taxpayer sue. They've been very hostile to legislator standing. So, in order to bring a lawsuit that uh, could actually move, that wouldn't be dismissed, you've got to have a party that's willing to challenge it, uh, that it suffers direct economic harm. And you know that could have been the debt collectors until a couple of years ago, but they got rid of all the private debt collectors for federal student loan. Now they do their own debt collection, and uh, that's almost certainly because they knew those guys would sue, and so they, they got rid of them. Uh, the servicing contracts, 
that's more challenging, right? Um, because they, them, they're not going to bring servicing in-house, uh, I, I don't think. They're not very competent at it, and so they, they need to have servicers. But what they did is they set the contracts up so they all end at the end of 2023, which means that the servicing companies know it's going to be the same Biden administration, it's going to be the same Department of Education that awards the contracts for the next round of servicing, and, you know, they got to think very long and hard whether they want to get crosswise with them by suing on this uh, when, uh, you know, potentially their bread and butter is going to be up in a couple of years. And so uh, that is, uh, I think, their strategy to, to sort of, you know, get away with it is try to prevent, prevent anyone who is able to sue from being willing to. So it seems to me that, uh, I seem to remember, I might be wrong, that student loan debt is one of the few debts that you can't discharge with a bankruptcy. I'm not sure. Hey, we've got a caller, Sixto. Sixto, are you there? Yes, sir. Yes, I am. Go ahead, please. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, My my question is, since since, uh, crime is driven by drug addiction and our great demand for the drug in this country... What uh, is, I guess, what is are the the officials willing to do to treat drug addiction? Well, it's a little it's a little off top. It's a great question, a little off topic. Uh, Phil, would you care to address it? Well, uh, you know that's a hard one, obviously. Uh, you know, if there were easy solutions to addiction, we wouldn't be where we are with the with the opioid epidemic. Uh, I do think that a lot of the things the government's done has made it a lot worse. In particular, uh, all of the various free money programs that we've had, uh, which all became kind of supersized during the pandemic, are helping pay for a lot of those drugs now. And so uh, that's been one of the, one of the major problems. Obviously, the lack of border security has meant that fentanyl is able to pour in over our southern border. But uh, you know, I don't have. An easy solution, other than the fact, you know, I, I think that the whole mentality from our government at all levels has got to be uh, focused on detox and on treatment instead of this idea of, you know, we're going to make it easier for you to get drugs. We're going to, uh, you know, have quote unquote safe access to drugs. I think that whole movement has really been a failure, but uh, it is a little bit outside of my uh, main purview, so I don't have a great uh, solution at the ready. Well, I can tell you that California is not doing anything to try and treat the drug addicts. In fact, they're promoting it. Their uh, bill back in uh, 2021, SB 57, wanted to put together safe, hygienically spaced, uh, supervised sites by trained staff where people could use pre-obtained drugs and get sterile injection needles, things like that. I mean, that does nothing. I think that's a a disaster. It it is a disaster. I mean, the whole state of California right now in Sacramento, San Francisco, is a complete disaster. Bruce. I'm going to change topics on you a little bit, uh, Phil. Um, And uh, I think you just wrote about this in the last week or so, or, or excuse me, last day or so. A childless woman, an election denier, a candidate again for Georgia governor, Stacey, Abr- Stacey Abrams, flew off a couple of days ago and supplied much intentional misinformation about fetal heartbeat and how heartbeat is being artificially manufactured uh, to create um, uh, misery for, for, for mothers and fathers. When she said, there is no such thing as heartbeat at six weeks. It's a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body from her. Do you agree with that statement? That sounds like quite a whopper to me. 
That's one of the most bizarre conspiracy theories I've ever heard. Uh, you know, I think that the, the, the pro-abortion side has had a problem with ultrasounds uh, for a couple of decades now because the whole idea of, you know, a child in the womb is a quote-unquote clump of cells doesn't really fly when people can see uh, see the kid's face on an ultrasound screen. And so, you know, I think that's why public opinion has generally shifted, you know, very pro-life. Uh, and the debate has sort of uh, become really more about sort of where do you draw the line and uh, the exceptions and sort of the edge cases. And, you know, we've got this situation now because of the Supreme Court case and things being sent back to the states where, um, you know, in Georgia, they've got a heartbeat bill. And so, you know, yeah, abortions are illegal after a heartbeat is detected. And rather than make the sort of the difficult case, I think, uh, I think it's difficult, making the difficult case that it's okay to stop a beating heart, uh, you now have abortion advocates saying, oh, that, you know, babies don't have hearts in the womb. That's not a heart. It's, a, it's a fictional. It's made up. It's a trick. And in her case, and, you know, there's obviously there's some scientific debate whether, you know, the early pulsing uh, that you see, you know, at, in an embryo at six, seven weeks is, you know, the, is, should be considered a heartbeat relative to, you know, the valves opening and closing uh, and actually the chambers that being there and pushing blood around, which doesn't happen until a few weeks later. But, I mean, it's not like, it's not like she, you know, it's not like she's arguing that, no, actually the line should be drawn in nine weeks when there are functional valves because she supports abortion up to the day of delivery. So, you know, they, they, it, it, it's, it's really bizarre that she would sort of go down that path. But I think that, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you make the argument? How do you defend what the Democrats believe in on this, really, other than, uh, you know, denying the humanity of the child and, you know, denying that a heartbeat exists, I think, is, is part of that. But, you know, she wasn't just saying, you know, I don't think that should be considered a heart at six weeks because it doesn't have functional valves yet. I mean, she was saying this is a conspiracy of men to keep women down by, by faking in an ultrasound machine a heartbeat that doesn't really exist. So this was sort of next-level insane conspiracy thinking. And, you know, I think it's up there. I think it's that's at least as crazy as what Todd Aiken said a few years ago, which got him drummed out of politics and caused him to lose a Senate race. But, you know, of course, it's not covered as a gaffe when a Democrat says something outrageous like that. It's, uh, then instead the media rallies to their defense and says, no, actually, she's right. And that's what most of the uh, so-called fact checks have been trying to do. Well, you know, I looked at Stacey Abrams' Wikipedia. She does not have a degree in uh, biology. It's political science and sociology. Hey, Phil, thanks for joining us. Tell us again, where can our listeners find your dispatches and opinion pieces? AmericanCommitment.org is the website. Phil, thanks for joining us. Bruce? All right. Have a good one. Let's go ahead and take our final break for some messages from our show supporters. You're listening to Inside Track on KVOI Trusted News and Talk. We'll be right back. I promise. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing, metal plate and roofing materials, as well as new and used steel, aluminum, and stainless steel to ranchers, artists, interior designers, roofers, and do-it-yourselfers, just like all of the listeners here. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail is open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon. Tucson Iron and Steel Retail, 701 East 36th Street, 
Call 520-209-1576 or go to TucsonIronRetail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? <sighs> no, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you think what's happening in Ukraine can't happen here, think again. Look who's occupying the White House. This is one of many things our forefathers predicted and ensured those rights in our Constitution. We manage money for gun owners. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. The remaining time we have today, uh, Eb and I want to cover some very important economic news from this past week. Eb, I'd like to, I'd like to get your opinion on the Fed rate hike of 75 basis points initiated this week to slow down inflation and your opinion whether the result of this move will be less inflation or actually if it's going to cause a recession and further a stock market collapse. Your thoughts? Well, I don't think you're going to see a stock market collapse, you know, but technically we're in a recession right now unless you say you're Joe Biden, you know, uh, who, who, doesn't think there, there, who doesn't think there is a recession. But, you know, look at it this way. The government has spent so much money. The only way that they can get us out of it at this point is to go ahead and raise interest rates. But the problem is that only helps a little bit. You know, we have to increase uh our growing economy. You can't really do that by driving inflation on up. Remember back in 19, well, let's go back to 1950. Interest rates were about 3%. Then go to 1981, and interest rates were 14%. And if you wanted to buy a house, you're going to have to spend 18% on a mortgage. So I don't know if you remember that. But then what happened from 81 to 87? You know, Reagan got in. He uh, was able to uh, lower interest rates. He was able to increase and stimulate the economy. And we had one of the most booming economic uh, times we ever had with a bull market. Now, is the market going to collapse? Absolutely not. Will it go down? Well, we're already down. The market right now is down about 20%. And during any one-year period of time, your market, your, your portfolio will go down 15%. It won't stay there but it'll go there. During any five to seven year period of time, the markets will go down 30%. They won't stay there, but they'll go there. And it's those times when money is truly to be made. I mean, right now with the markets down 20%, this is a wonderful time for people that have a bunch of cash that can put it away for a long period of time. Um, the last time we had the markets down 30% was the first quarter of 2020. It recovered so quick, most people didn't know that it was down 30%. The time before that was 2008. It was down 40%. And yeah, it took uh, you know a year to recover, but it still recovered and came on to make new highs. 
And the time before that was 2000, and that was during that tech bubble crisis where everybody thought the world was going to end and computers were going to stop because of Y2K. You had these companies spending so much money on their technology that it took five years to get to the point that they needed new technology. So will the market go down? Yes, it's already down. Will it go down more? Who knows? It doesn't matter. It makes no difference. But you're talking about inflation. You know, I've got a piece right here. Potatoes were $15 a bag six months ago. They're $45 today. Eggs for uh, Creative Eggs was $25.77 six months ago. Today it's $77.60. A rack of lettuce, $39 six months ago, $55 today. New York strips, eight twenty-one six months ago, eleven twenty-seven today. Not too bad. Salmon, I love salmon. I know you do too, Bruce. Fourteen ninety-nine six months ago, eighteen fifty today. And chicken breasts a year ago were a dollar sixty-five. Today, four sixty. Huh? Kind of like gas. Your thoughts? Well, um, if you know, I'm in a little different. We both are, are a little different situation than most families. That grocery uh, bill increase is just a backbreaker uh, for families, and um, I, I, I'm I'm concerned. I I think that there's already some um, some signs of the economy slowing down. Uh, new housing starts are slowing down. New housing sales are slowing down. Car sales are slowing down. Consumer price, excuse me, consumer sales are slowing down. There's a number of retailers such as Kohl's and, and a few others uh, who continue to have a great deal of distress. Even Amazon hasn't been immune to this. Uh, they're closing approximately 12 million square feet of uh, distribution centers around the country because the demand has slowed down. Uh, I do have real concern. Um, you know, is this good for Republicans in, in election year? Yeah. But it's bad for Americans. And as long as this government uh, is going to continue to uh, spend willy-nilly, and I'm not sure who willy-nilly are, but uh, they're spending every last dollar that seems the Treasury can print, uh, I think we're going to be in big trouble. Well, I think we will. I mean, right now, the average family, uh, the latest numbers out, uh, have lost $4,200 in purchasing power Per family, and that is huge. That's you know when you take a look at uh, family's paycheck, that's three hundred and forty dollars a month for a forty-hour-a-week worker, and that really kicks in. And so they won't be able to spend as much, and they are having a harder time making ends meet. You know, and this is this is something in my view. This was planned by the Democrats because they want to drive voters to depend on them. I don't think this is something that just randomly happened. Well, it's, it, to me, I think they're getting more and more pissed off. So give me, look, we got about one minute here. Give our we, listeners the, the one-minute elevator speech. If you're talking with a brand-new client calling in for the first time to talk with you, what is your advice to them if they've never been in the market before? Number one, get out of debt. You do not want to have any consumer debt whatsoever. And Even more important with higher prices, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because debt is risk. I mean, I get having a mortgage, uh, but I'd like to see a mortgage at 15 years. But number one, you need to have, you know, an emergency fund, $1,000 set aside, uh, and then start working your way out of that consumer debt. And that means 
really, you know, you're going to go down to a rice and beans diet and get rid of that debt before you do any investing at all. Number two, when you do start investing, you better have a three to six month emergency fund stashed away in case you lose your job. So there's a lot of stuff that happens before you actually start investing. But once you do start investing, remember, this is money that you're putting aside for, you know, 20, 30 years. If this is money that you need within the next five years, it has absolutely no place being invested in the market at all. So if you're investing for long term, this is an absolutely wonderful, wonderful time to be investing. And just to let you know, we've got a minute and six seconds left. So that's what I advise people when they come in. And I work with them to go through that process before they become investors. Let's give your number one more time, how to reach you at, at Wilkinson Wealth Management. 777-1911. Well, folks, I'm afraid that's going to do it for today's show. Eb and I hope you've enjoyed our time today with Blake Masters and Phil Kirpin. Uh, you can help Blake by giving him some green love at www.blakemasters.com. You can reach uh, Phil or, or hear him uh, on uh, Twitter at Kirpin. Join us next week. We already have a great show planned. Our show is podcasted both on the KVOI website and on Apple Podcasts. All of our Inside Track episodes are available at Apple Podcasts. Until next week, for Inside Track, this is Bruce Ash And Eb Wilkinson. Wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon. A very good Jewish New Year, 5783. We'll see you again in 167 hours. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. What other kind of customers do you have? So our biggest customers are actually like ranchers and people from outside of the Tucson area. They're buying a lot of square tubing. They're buying a lot of stuff for their ranch to close off fences. We'll sell anything from 10 feet to 10,000 feet to somebody that comes in because we have new steel and surplus steel from steel mills. The reason we're able to get such good pricing on some of this stuff is A, we sell scrap to the mill. So... Uh, we have a relationship there and then we can buy material what they're making bringing it back and so we save on freight and we have relationships for years with them so i think that's really our niche market we'll sell whatever you need tucson iron and metal surplus call 209-1579 stop by the yard 701 east 36th street open monday through saturday this is eb wilkinson of wilkinson wealth management Are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com.